0: with you uh, this morning. We're going to turn to Revelations chapter 2. And I want to share this morning about how to get our first love back. So we're going to read that passage that talks about our first love in Revelations 2, 1-7. It says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus, This is a message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work, your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You've examined the claims of those who say they're apostles but are not. You have discovered that they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other. As you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life. In the paradise of God. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts this morning. Well, this morning I, I want to share about getting our first love back. I kind of had an interesting uh, week. Uh, kind of started off, I was talking with uh, Daniel Baker, and for those that have been part of this church for some time, you all know him. Very prophetic man, uh, counselor as well. And uh, Christopher was wanting to get him to speak to the young adult's for the young adult camp at Moose Lake. And so we were trying to get a hold of him and uh, to see if he would come up to speak at the Moose Lake camp for our young adults. And anyway, we, we chatted there for a while. And uh, as we usually do, we usually pray with one another. And so as he went to pray, he went immediately to pray for us as a church. Now, that's a little bit odd because most times he would pray over me or over Judy and I and our kids. And and this time he just went straight there. And even though I was telling all these great testimonies that have been happening and different things happening in people's lives, he began to pray for the church. And one of the things that he was praying was praying for a fresh encounter with the love of Jesus, that we would get passionate and hungry for Jesus and return to our first love. And I kind of found that, that, well, that's that's a little odd. He usually doesn't talk about that or pray for us as a church, or I wasn't taught about anything of first love or anything of that. And so it kind of got me thinking, well, maybe there's something that God wants to say to us about our first love. And that's kind of where this message came from. And and then on Saturday morning, my friend David Half over here, and he's in the back there, he called me. He said, hey, "Pastor, did you listen to the message uh, of the Asbury revival that took place?" And uh, I said, "Well, actually, I read it all about it and read the different things, articles." But I said, "I actually didn't listen to the last message before that happened." And uh, so I took some time to listen to it. And the speaker was talking about love and the importance of love, the importance of love for God and the love for one another. In the church. And so I think, well, that's definitely confirmation that we need to talk about love this morning and talk about that first love. And, and so I hope this morning just to, to stimulate you uh, to be thinking about your love for God and your love for one another. And sometimes, you know, we all need reminders uh, to look at our faith, uh, to look at, you know, where we are with God and, and how we're doing with God. Is Jesus, you know, still important to us? Do we love Him? You know, we sang some songs about "We love You, Lord," and and you know, I I trust that was really from your hearts as you sang those songs. But do we love Him as much as when we first came to Christ, or when the first when we came to be a Christian, or has that relationship gotten cold? Now, sometimes you know we. We think we do better than what we really are. Uh, That's kind of one of our human faults that we have. Um, And so sometimes we really need to look deep within ourselves and see, well, is it true? When I say I love Jesus, when I say that I have just as much love and more love for Jesus than I had before, that we might really look at ourselves. You know, are we still investing in that relationship? Is it healthy? Is it vibrant? How are we doing that relationship with Jesus? Is it healthy? Has it grown? Or has it gone the other way where it's got some coldness there? In this passage of Scripture, we see Jesus asking this question to the church in Ephesus. And as you read the messages of the seven churches, it's messages uh, that, yes, were directed to individual churches, but there are also messages that are meant for all churches, that the letters were to be shared and given out to other churches. And so the the question that Jesus is asking the church, and he continues to ask even today, is do you love me more than you did at first? Now the reason Jesus is asking that question is that obviously they're not loving Jesus as much as they did at first. Something was wrong, and something needed to be corrected. And so that's something we need to look at in our own relationships uh, with God. Are we still in love with Jesus? Do we still love him like we did? Has that love grown? Is it richer? And then Jesus, he goes a step further here and he asks us, how is your love for one another in the church? How are those relationships going on in the church? Do we still love and appreciate one another, or have we allowed our opinions, our disagreements, our business, our pursuits to lessen our love for one another? See, love is very important to God because He's a God of love, and He expects us as His followers to be people of love. And so again, the Lord's asking us, He wants to know, how is your love for one another in the church? Is it the same when you first came to Christ or is it different today or is it not the same today? You know we need to remind ourselves that we as the church are considered as the bride of Christ and if we are believers and the Bible gives us this illustration that Jesus is the groom and he's coming for us the church as his bride. Now when you think about that you know it's not much of a You know, is a wedding going to take place when the bride doesn't even love the groom? Probably not. And so Jesus is asking, I believe, he is coming soon. And I believe he's asking churches all over this world, are you still in love with me? I'm coming for a bride that's in love with me. I don't want a bride that doesn't even care about me or love me anymore. I'm coming for a bride that is ready and that loves me. And Jesus could return very soon. I believe the marriage of the Lamb could take place really any time. And he's asking a question to us all. Do you still love me, and do you still love your fellow believers like you once did? And, that, and that's kind of a serious question I think we all need to answer individually. You know, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yes, I, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And But then when you start looking, well, do I still care? Am I caring about it passionately? Do I still love Jesus. I still love being in church. I still love being around God's people. And Jesus is really looking for an honest response from us. And if we really look at it honestly, just maybe, maybe we're not quite where we think we are in that regard. And so this morning, I just want to talk about how to get that first love back. Because we don't want to stay in that position. We want to get back to that place where we are passionately in love with Jesus and passionately in love with one another. So there are some things here that Jesus mentions that kind of help us to get back to that place of first love. And the first way we get back to our first love for Jesus and for one another is to answer the question, have we fallen? Have we come short? Has our passion grown cold in regards to this love that we used to have. Revelation two five says, look how far you have fallen. So Jesus tells us we need to take an honest examination of our love for God, to take a good look, to, to look to see if things have changed, if we've grown cold or indifferent or, or if we're feeling different about God and about church and about people. Because that passion and love for God and for others needs to be vibrant in our lives. We need to realize that, yes, you know, time, pressures of life, they have a way of affecting us all. And it can, if we're not careful, can lead us to a place where we kind of take God for granted, and we can also take one another for granted as well. And when that happens, you know, a coldness can then slip in. And that's something God doesn't want to happen, and so Jesus is saying, take a deep look, a serious look at yourself, examine your love, and then go a step further, ask God how you're doing with that love. You know, because sometimes we're a little too soft on ourselves. Sometimes we need a little bit more of a true evaluation, because sometimes we look at ourselves, well, you know, not bad, and we like to compare ourselves to other people, and there's always somebody that's worse than ourselves, right? Right? people that are worse and we can comfort ourselves saying, well, I'm not really that bad because so-and-so is way worse than I am. And so and we kind of write that off sometimes. Psalmist David, he came to a fresh realization. Some pro, a prophet came along and helped them to realize where he really was. And, and he cried out, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. But he also has another beautiful prayer that is spoken here that that is inviting God to come in and for God to do the examination. You know, it's easy for us to examine ourselves or, you know, to, we talk amongst others and what we all think and what's your opinion and to go along those things. But what does God think? Because that's what's really important. Psalm 139, 23, 24, it says, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you And lead me along the path of everlasting life. If you really want to know if you've fallen away, don't ask other people. Sometimes they can help you, but you need to ask for God's assessment. Because we're very prone to giving ourselves passing grades when in actuality we don't have a passing grade. And that's what Jesus is trying to get across to us to do a true examination, a true search, to look at our past. And to see if our first love has grown or if it has dwindled. It's important for us to know because Jesus wants to know. Jesus wants to know. So in getting our first love back, we need to look to see if we have fallen or come short of that first love for God and also for one another. A second part of how we can get back to our first love is to turn back to Jesus. Let Jesus to be the priority of our life again. Let Jesus be our passion again. Revelations 2, five. look how far you have fallen, turn back to me. See, there's a change of direction that is being encouraged here. Sometimes, you know, we lose our way. Sometimes we get sidetracked, and other things of life become, you know, they just seem to take over. And soon, if we're not careful, that, that time with God, that investment of God becomes less and less. And then suddenly we find ourselves that our love for God and for others is just not the same anymore. And so Jesus is telling us that this is a problem with all churches and that sometimes our our focus can get off our relationship with Him and our relationship with other Christians and kind of get focused on other areas. Sometimes various things that we can focus on or become important to us. And we don't usually do it intentionally. It just kind of happens. And then suddenly we're coming to that realization that I'm not in the same place I used to be with God. I'm not in the same place I used to be with God's people. So as we look at ourselves, you know, even as churches today, you know, they will clearly say, we all know how to do church today and that's very true. A lot of churches today, I I think, are just totally operating without God in them at all, because we know what to do. We know what to sing. We know what to speak. We know what to say, and you know what? Our abilities are getting better. We're getting better musicians, and we're getting better uh, people that are able to speak and communicate. All those things are really good and, and wonderful, and we got all this Things that you know, if we do this and do that, and we got all these ideas, and some of them can be great and wonderful. But do we know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And Jesus saying, You got to come back to me. You got to come back to me. I'm your author, I'm your finisher of your faith. Your focus needs to come back to me. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses in a life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And because of the joy of waiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame, and he seated the place of honor at God's throne. He is the champion, who initiates, perfects our faith. We endure this race by keeping our eyes on Jesus. That's so very, very important. And there's so much out there in our world today that say, look here, look there, even in our Christian circles. And Jesus, knowing all those kinds of things, even way back when the Bible was written, is telling us you need to keep the focus on Jesus must never lose the focus of Jesus. If you want to do church the right way, then you need to keep your eyes on Jesus because that's the right way. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. John 14, 6 reminds us that Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. No one can come to the Father except through me. It's Jesus, only Jesus, that we really need to be focused upon. (coughs) He offers us everything we need truth, life, salvation, eternity. So we need to get that focus back on Jesus. So if we really want to get that place where we're examining our love and we want to see where's our love today, then we need to look at that area. Let's turn back and let's get our focus back on Jesus. That's so important. Then third, getting our love, first love back. We need to do the things we did before. We need to do the works we did at first and, that led us that that place where we loved the Lord, where we became a Christian, and where we had fellowship with other believers. Revelation two five says, look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. Some good advice is when you don't know what to do, go back to what you did at first. Sometimes in life, we can get so caught up in all the things that are happening, and You just kind of get overwhelmed and say, I I don't know what to do. Well, some good advice is go back to the start. Go back to the start. Go back to that start where you fell in love with Jesus, where you fell in love with other believers. That's very important for us. You know, look back to what brought you that excitement. Why did you get excited about serving the Lord? Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that and go back to it to get ourselves back on the right track again. What were you doing before when you were so in love with Jesus, when you were so in love and wanting to get together with God's people? What were you doing? What were you allowing to feed yourself at that time? Well, probably you were going to church, if you remember. When you first became a Christian, you probably went to church, probably more than you what you really needed But there was a hunger there. You wanted to be there. Probably going back, looking to the how you used to get into the Word of God, and you were reading that word like crazy because you really want to know, what does God have to say? And you were praying and seeking the Lord and getting involved in a church and all kinds of those things. And, you know, we we need to look back in our lives to see what we were doing when we were passionately in love with Jesus and go back to that. If you want another little lesson here on the side point, you want to talk about your relationship, your marriage relationship, if you apply a lot of these verses to your marriage, they can really help you to get back to your first love in your marriage as well. But what were you doing before? What were you doing in the church? What were you doing uh, around when you first came to Christ and you were excited about Christ and you were excited about church, you were excited about you know getting together with God's people anytime time. There was the opportunity. And Jesus is telling us, go do those works you did before. Sometimes you got to go back to what you did before. You know, there's a message that I'm sure you've heard uh, multiple times from many churches. we got to get back to basics. Getting too complicated. Getting, trying to do this, we're trying to do that, we're trying to do too, too, too many things. And let's just get back to the basics of Jesus. So Jesus is trying to re- tell us to remember, to remind ourselves uh, what helped us to be so in love with him, and go back and do those things again. Revelation 3, 3, go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly, repent, and turn to me again. See, memory is a, a powerful tool that can help us to get back to where we should be with God. And even for churches uh, as a whole, that. We would look back, what what brought us success? Why did our church grow? And Lots of times we can see the answers to say, ah, it's what we need to do again. Do the works, do the things, do the volunteering, do the church attendance, whatever it was, get involved again, whatever you have to do to get back to serving the Lord with passion and with love. And I know, you know, we all can get tired and, you know, Things happen that aren't always good in church as well. Sometimes we go through a fence, and sometimes we just say, I had enough, and we just kind of back off and don't really do anything. Well, I believe God is calling us back to say, listen, church isn't about all the stuff. It's about worshiping Him. It's about putting our eyes upon Him and loving Him and loving one another. And it tells us here as well, Galatians 6, 9 and 10, says, Let's not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time we'll reap our harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, wherever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So go back to what you're doing that was cultivating faith and love. Get back to those works. Get back to those basics that was causing excitement. In your heart and in your soul that you just would do anything for God, that you love him so much, and that you love being around other believers. So Jesus says, you want that first love back, then go back to the works that you did before. And then a fourth way to get our first love back is to repent. We don't necessarily like that one, but it's to express genuine sorrow and remorse for how we've allowed our relationship to grow cold. Revelation 2, five says, Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me. Do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. You know, sometimes that whole repentance thing is something we like to avoid. You know, we, we repented when we came to Christ and asked Jesus to come into our lives. We say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the things I've done in my life. I ask you to come into my life today. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. God, I'm sorry. But sometimes we just kind of leave that repentance back at the start and don't pick it up again. Friends, as we go out through the Christian life, none of us are perfect. We all sin. The Bible even tells us that you all continue to fall short. So we all need to continue to repent and ask God to forgive us. So any disobedience, whether it's big or small, needs to be repented of. And we need to remember that and stop delaying it, you know, because sometimes we don't get the freedom that we should have because we never repented. And there's some freedoms, there's some blessings, there's some things that can come our way, but we can stop it if we don't repent. So if we've lost that first love, then obviously we're in a place spiritually where we really shouldn't be. And Jesus says... You need to repent, not me. Jesus is saying that we need to repent. It's still important for every believer, and it's a message that you know, no matter who you are, or how important you are, or how spiritual you are, or you know, whether you're the the king, or whether you're somebody that has nothing, we all must repent. The apostle Paul, uh, he didn't go away from that message of repentance. Here he is standing before King Agrippa, and this is what he says to King Agrippa in Acts 26.20. I preach first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the good things they do. So if we've lessened our love for God or for one another, first thing is to recognize that we have. Second step would be that we need to repent and ask God to forgive us for that. And then a third step would be change your ways. That's all part of repentance, to change your behavior, change your thinking, and prove by the way of our actions that we're taking this seriously. So we need to stop, turn around, get off that road, and get back to loving our God, loving one another as we should. And if we truly repent, that's what will happen. And as we do repent, the Bible says it opens the door for times of refreshing, times of blessings to come our way. Sometimes we don't realize that blessings are being stored up for us, but we hinder them from coming because we're holding on to something. We're holding on to something we don't want to give up. Well, the Bible says you just need to repent. You repent, it opens up that door of blessing. Acts 3, 19 to 20. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins... Maybe wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. So how do you get your love back, first love back? Well, if it's not where it should be, we repent, we say we're sorry. And we go back, looking back to how we started and we get back to doing those things that are good. Then lastly, in getting our first love back, we need to listen to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Revelations 2.7 says, Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. When our love grows cold, we can come hard of hearing. And then we don't recognize that we've actually grown cold. And we don't recognize that Holy Spirit is actually trying to get our attention and trying to speak to us and speak things into our lives very important that we all recognize what's Holy Spirit saying. And and I realize today that, you know, there's so many voices out there. Even in Christendom, there's just so many voices that are out there. And, And, you know, Christianity doesn't really have that great of a name anymore as well. And so there's lots of things going on out there, and we really need to be wise as to what we accept and what we allow in our lives. And how do we help in that area? We listen to the Holy Spirit. That's who we need to be listening to. And as we listen to the Holy Spirit, He's not going to say anything contrary to the Word of God. And, and so be careful what you're listening to or, or feeding yourself upon. You know, there's just, it's, it's everywhere today. we got to be careful. John 16, 13 to 14 talks about the Holy Spirit. It says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He's going to guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak in his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatsoever he receives from me. Remember, the Holy Spirit wants to guide you into all truth. Doesn't want you to make mistakes. Doesn't want you to go down bad roads. It wants to guide you into all truth. What's the Holy Spirit say? I think that's important for us to recognize become sensitive. What's Holy Spirit saying? You know, there's been such an onslaught to the church over these last probably 15 years, if not more, of you know, this person saying that, that person saying this, and there's just so many messages, and everyone's claiming, I heard from God. Makes it very difficult. Well, we need to get back to that we can hear from the Holy Spirit. You know, it was interesting that there's a group of evangelicals that had gathered, uh, I think it was in Ottawa, it might have been Toronto, and they were gathering together to have a forum uh, about, you know, how are we doing as evangelicals? What's important? And, and, And they talked about, you know, all the latest ideas and all these things which are very good, but they all came to a realization which was very important. They said, you know what? We all need to get back to hearing what the Holy Spirit has to say. And stop following all the things that other good people are saying, but what's Holy Spirit saying? And that's a message that's very important for us. You know, because there's a lot of things out there that are not Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 5 to 6 says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So listening to the sinful nature, even listening to good intentional people, if you're not careful, that can lead you to death. You need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. And if you're at that place that says, well, I'm not hearing him right now, then go back and do the things you did at first. That was going to help you where you were hearing well. That's important for us. Jesus wants us to come back that relationship with Him, be back that first love with Him and with others. And we can do that as we become sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying and looking for what the Holy Spirit is saying. You know, I really believe in in these days that God really is talking to us about our love. He's talking to the church about their love and this Asbury Revival, and there's other little hot spots that are opening up across the United States, and we're, we're believing for that here too as well. And God is dealing with people about love. He's talking about love. He's talking about Christians, about their love. There's been things that have happened over these last few years even that has really divided the church and divided people. And Jesus got a message. He is the groom is coming back. He's looking for his bride that is still in love with him. He's looking for a bride that loves all the guests. Can you imagine going to a wedding where everybody hates each other? It's not going to work, is it? Jesus is looking for a bride that's ready, and we're the bride of Christ. So if anything is hindering that love, we got a wedding to plan for. we got a wedding to be ready for. Let us look at ourselves. Jesus, I want my first love back. I want to get back to that place where I'm passionately in love with you. And that's what the Lord wants from us today. He's looking to the church. He loves the church. That's why he says, where's your love? Have you lost your first love? Have you lost your first love to God? And have you lost your first love to the people that are around you. Even here in this building here today, as you look around you, do you love one another? Do we care about one another? That's something that's important to God. We need to do that. We need to love one another. So as we close here this morning, maybe you're here today and and you've never opened up your heart to Jesus. Really want to encourage you that you would open up your heart to him. It's not a hard thing to do. When you feel a tug in your heart that you're supposed to do something, that's Holy Spirit speaking to you. And he's calling you to say, it's time. It's time that you give your life to me, that you welcome me into your life, that you ask me to come into your life and forgive you of your sins and to help you to live a life of love and a relationship of love. You know, you can just say a simple prayer, Jesus, please forgive me. I've really messed up my life. I've done so many things that have been wrong. I ask you to forgive me. And today I, I want to say I place my faith in you and I receive you and I welcome you into my life. Come into my life today, Lord Jesus. And He will. And He will. I'd be very happy to pray that with anyone that wants that prayer. I'll, I'll stay behind even though I need to get going. glad to stay behind because that's the most important decision of your life to choose Jesus. And if you're a Christian here today and maybe you've done all those things and you serve God and you're still hanging in there, you're still doing a lot of things just like in this passage of Scripture, it talks about all the things that people are still doing right. But maybe that first love has wavered. I just encourage you, just make a fresh commitment to say, God, I'm going to do. I'm going to get back to doing those things that I know were important in my life that brought me to be in love with you in the first place. And, and Lord, I'm going to start loving on people and, and be, you know, encouraged to look around this room. And even as we've been shaking hands here of late, you know, it, there really is a purpose there is that we can connect with one, that we can see one another. Because sometimes in our business we don't even get to see one another at church. And so just to have those couple of minutes just to make a connection. Because we're all important. We're all needed in the kingdom of God. But if you're finding yourself that has grown cold and you say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Help me to come back to you. I want to love you even more than when I first loved I want my love to grow for you, Jesus. And we just pray that God would just grant that among us today. And that God would prepare us for the harvest that is to come. I really believe that there's to the, be a move of God in the whole world that's gonna bring people back to Jesus before he comes. And even though there's, you know, like, man, you look at things right now, there could be World War Three could happen tomorrow morning. But I believe that Jesus is reaching out to people. He's saving people. He's delivering people. We were talking with... Um, some folks from uh, Syria, and uh, they kind of live, Lebanon, live in Syria, and uh, they were sharing their stories, and they're now pastors, and it was really interesting to hear their story, and they they said that, you know, as we were coming back into Syria, we felt God calling us back to Syria to share the gospel, and at the border, they weren't really wanting to let them in, and so she told the guard, she says, I want to see the boss. I want to see the lieutenant, and because uh, they weren't letting them through, and she said, "I'm a follower of Jesus." And she, an interesting statement she said is that you need to tell people that you're a follower of Jesus, not a Christian anymore, because that Christian word has really become a disgrace to a lot of people. They don't look favorable upon that word anymore. But tell them that you're a follower of Jesus. Well, they did. They took her in to see the lieutenant. And that lieutenant took him into his office, and I'd be thinking, I said, I probably would have been panicking right there. And he closed the door, and he said, I've been waiting for someone to come along to tell me more about Jesus. And not only did he listen to them, he got other guards to come in, and they all listened to that story with that couple about Jesus. And then they invited them every week to come back to the border and say, would you come back and tell us more? about Jesus. I tell you, God is reaching out to people all over the world. There's all kinds of stories. And friends, if you're new here today, let me tell you something. God is after you. God desires you. God wants relationship with you. And you can simply just do that by inviting him in. So as we close here this morning, I asked Cynthia if you would just come back to the, the instrument there and You could just play some music here as we close. Just want you to think about your love. How's your love for Jesus? Has it grown? Or has it fallen away? Are we just as close as we were before, or even closer? Or have things slipped? Or it's not not the same anymore? What about our love for one another? Do we still care about coming to church and gathering together and seeing people and ministering to them, helping them, loving on them? Or are we just, ah, can't be bothered. You know, let somebody else do that. We all need to be doing that, looking out for one another right here. Look around to the people that are here. These are the people that Jesus is saying, you need to be looking after one another. You need to be blessing one another, encouraging one another, lifting one another, praying for one another, loving on one another. It's important. But as we close, if you want to give your life to Christ, I know I can say close your eyes and do all those kinds of things. I don't think I really saw that in Scripture where Jesus said, close your eyes. He just said, come. Just come. Come. And as we close here in this service, if you would all stand together with me and you would like to invite Jesus into your life today, I invite you to come. Just come to this front. We'll gladly pray with you. Or, or if you just found that you've walked away from God and haven't been serving Him and He's been way, way down there in priorities, and you know you got to bring Him back up. If you want prayer, We'll spend those few moments with you. I may need help if, help me here to pray. But if you're here today, you're welcome to do that. It's a safe place. It's a safe place to do that in. Because we're to love one another. We're to care about one another. We're to lift one another up. And so may those words touch our hearts here today as we close. Jesus